James Kenny here, and welcome to my podcast, Land of the Golden Sunset, the evolution of the Irish from biblical times. This is episode number 27, entitled The Clan Gael, 1870 Onwards, The Irish Family in America. I hope you like this and that you will share with others on social media. And if you wish, you can become a patron by visiting www.landofthegoldensunset.podbean.com. John Devoy, 1842-1928, was an Irish Republican rebel and journalist who owned and edited the Gaelic American, a New York weekly newspaper, from 1903 to 1928. Devoy dedicated over 60 years of his life to the cause of Irish independence and was one of the few people to have played a role in the Fenian Rising of 1867 the Easter Rising of 1916, and the Irish War of Independence from 1919 to 1921. John Devoy died from natural causes on the 29th of September 1928, aged 86, while visiting Atlantic City, New Jersey. His death caused widespread mourning. His body was returned to Ireland, where a state funeral was held. He was buried in Glasnevin Cemetery, in June 1929. After arriving in America in 1871, John Devoy indicated he joined the Clan Gale early on and attempted several times at Clan conventions to get them to adopt a plan to free the military prisoners held by the British in Fremantle, Australia. In 1874, John Devoy, with some oratorical help from Thomas Francis Burke, was elected chairman of the executive board of the clan and was also chosen to execute the rescue of the prisoners. Burke warned Devoy he would have to have a heavy hand to control the clan Gale and succeed in the project. John Devoy devoted all his time to this project and oversaw the purchase of the bark Catalpa and the outfitting of this ship as a whaler. The clan hired American George S. Anthony as its ship's captain, along with a New Bedford-based whaling crew. John Devoy received considerable help in running the clan from Dr. William Carroll, who was elected executive board chairman in 1875, and between them they controlled clan activity until 1882. William Carl was of Ulster Protestant stock and brought in others to the clan from the upper middle class such as Simon Barclay Conover, a senator from Florida. John Devoy's nemesis during the fundraising for the enterprise was John Goff, an aspiring clan member who later became a New York Supreme Court judge and who perhaps resented the influence of Thomas Burke and John Devoy in the clan. Devoy did, in fact, take a strong hand and began tossing out clan members for malfeasance in office and violation of clan rules, as is shown in the General Circular No. 2, dated the 15th of January 1875. 
The success of the Fremantle Rescue in 1876 resulted in the Clan Gael replacing for all practical purposes the Fenian Brotherhood as the spokesman of Irish-American nationalism. Under the leadership of John Devoy, the Clan Gael would eventually be successful in educating Americans about the movement. In 1879, John Devoy promoted a new departure in Irish Republican thinking, by which the Physical Force Party allied itself with the Irish Parliamentary Party under the political leadership of Charles Stuart Parnell, MP. The political plans of the Fenians were thus combined with the Agrarian Revolution inaugurated by the Irish National Land League. The arrangement was cemented at the First Irish Race Convention, held in Chicago in 1881. By 1880, more aggressive men within the clan were frustrated at the slow pace of John Devoy and William Carroll, and these militants were able to take control of the organisation in 1882, when two action men, Alexander Sullivan and Michael Boland, took over the reins and ran the clan as a dictatorship, along with an inactive Dennis C. Feely. The new leadership ignored the Revolutionary Council set up by William Carroll of Philadelphia to coordinate between the IRB and the Klan and begin to operate in total secrecy from even the membership of the Klan. William Carroll, nationalist and physician, was born on the 24th of February 1835 in Rathmullen, County Donegal, and died at his home in Philadelphia on the 23rd of May 1926. Sullivan, Boland and Feely called themselves the Triangle and began making bombing runs into England in what was called the Dynamite War, thus infuriating the IRB in Ireland, which cut ties with the Irish-Americans. Michael Boland was later fingered as a British spy, which might have explained why the majority of the bombers were caught and jailed before they could strike. The Triangle took over the Revolutionary Directory and began to use directory funds for their own ends, not informing the IRB Supreme Council. Alexander Sullivan of Chicago and Michael Boland of Louisville also hid the internal affairs of Clan Gale from the view of rank-and-file members. The Clan hierarchy, principally under Michael Boland, began a dynamiting campaign against British targets in England. Meanwhile, Alexander Sullivan made a serious error of judgment and introduced British spy Henry Le Caron into the clan. O'Donovan Rossa, at this same time, although outside the clan of Gale, began sending bombers of his own to attack targets in England, funded from his own subscription journal, The United Irishman. Meanwhile, John Devoy who was never in agreement with the dynamite attacks, joined Dr. Patrick Henry Cronin, an opponent of Alexander Sullivan in local Chicago politics, and together they set about exposing the operations of Sullivan and Boland. Sullivan was not on the executive of the Clan Gale at the time, and it is possible that Cronin was trying to destroy him for his own political gain in Chicago. John Devoy was happy to join Cronin in order to refocus on the political objectives of the Clan Gale in Ireland and bring about the reunification of the IRB. 
the 1880s saw the solidification, at least within America, of Irish ideological orientations, with most nationalists' sentiment finding its home within Clan Nagail, rather than organisations such as the ancient order of Hibernians. The more agrarian-minded found their ideological brethren within the Irish Federation of America. The third ideological strand was connected to the Union and Socialist movement and found support with the Knights of Labour. However, in 1889, a public relations disaster occurred that nearly destroyed the viability of the Clan Gael and its operation to help achieve Irish independence from Britain. Supporters of Alexander Sullivan from Chicago-based Clan Gael camp murdered Dr. Patrick Henry Cronin, and stuffed his naked body into a drainage flume. The trial of the assassination squad created a media circus that was reported extensively by all the major newspapers across the US. Newspaper reporters, in their articles, exposed the internal operations of the Clan de Gale, and investigators probed Clan camps and members across the US. A financial scandal in the Chicago branch of the Klan led to the conspiracy to murder whistleblower Dr. Patrick Henry Cronin. John Devoy, who worked with Cronin, also began carrying a gun and expected to be assassinated by Alexander Sullivan's henchmen. The Cronin case, prosecuted by State Attorney Joel Minnick Longnecker, achieved international attention. However, Neither the prosecution nor the defence were concerned with the clan's ties to the Fenians. Trying the case simply as a conspiracy to commit murder, the clan Nagale had split into pro- and anti-Sullivan Boland branches, but was reunited by John Devoy around 1900. In Ireland, the Irish Parliamentary Party achieved electoral success in the 1880s, and was supported by the British Prime Minister William Gladstone, who introduced the unsuccessful Government of Ireland Bill in 1886. Gladstone's party then divided over Home Rule, and the IPP also divided for a decade over Parnell's marriage to Mrs Kitty O'Shea. In 1891, a moderate offshoot of the Clan de Gale broke away and formed an organisation under the name of Irish National Federation of America, with Thomas Addis Emmett as president. Thomas Addis Emmett was appointed New York State Attorney General. He was the older brother of Robert Emmett. The Federation supported the National Party in Ireland, a splinter group of Parnell's Home Rule Party, rising in prominence within the clan from the 1890s, where Daniel Cohalan, later to be a judge of the New York Supreme Court, and Joseph McGarity. The objective of Clan Nagail was to secure an independent Ireland and to assist the Irish Republican Brotherhood in achieving this aim. To this end, the clan was prepared to enter into alliances with others. So with the outbreak of the First World War in 1914, the clan found an ally in Imperial Germany. A delegation led by John Devoy met with the German ambassador in the US, Count Johann Heinrich von Bernstorff, and his aide, 
Franz von Papen, in 1914. This was followed by an emissary, John Kenny, being sent on a mission to Berlin to discuss how the German war effort and the Irish nationalism could cooperate. A controversial pro-German and Irish lecture was given in December 1914 to Clan Gael on Long Island by the Celtologist Cunar Meyer. John Devoy, along with Roger Casement and Joseph McGarity, were able to bring together both Irish-American and German support in the years prior to the Easter Rising. However, the German munitions never reached Ireland, as the ship Aude carrying them was scuttled after being intercepted by the Royal Navy. Clan the Gael became the largest single financier of both the Easter Rising and the Irish War of Independence. Imperial Germany aided Clan the Gael by selling those guns and munitions to be used in the uprising in 1916. Germany had hoped that by distracting Britain with an Irish uprising, they would be able to garner the upper hand in the war and effect a German victory on the Western Front. However, they failed to follow through with more support. Clan the Gael was also involved via McGarity and Casement in the abortive attempt to raise an Irish brigade to fight against the British. Clan the Gael largely controlled the Irish race conventions from 1916 and its affiliated group, the Friends of Irish Freedom. The Irish War of Independence led to a split in Clan the Gael, which was precipitated in June 1920 by Eamon de Valera, who as President of the Irish Republic became involved in a dispute with John Devoy and Judge Daniel Cahalan over lobbying US presidential candidates on the issue of American recognition for the Irish Republic. To punish Woodrow Wilson for his apparent lack of support, the Klan backed Harding in the 1920 United States presidential election. In October 1920, Harry Boland stated that the IRB in Ireland had terminated connections between the Klan and the parent body in Ireland until the will of Dáil Éireann was mirrored in Clan na Gael. John Devoy and Daniel Cahalan refused to accept this, but Joseph McGarity disagreed, believing that without IRB support, the clan was not legitimate, which led to a split. Joseph McGarity, whose faction went by the name the Reorganised Clan na Gael, supported the anti-treaty forces during the Civil War, while John Devoy and Daniel Cahalan supported the Free State after 1924, when the IRB and the Devoy-Cahalan Clan na Gael both voted to disband. Joseph McGarity's faction became the sole Clan na Gael. In 1926, the Clan na Gael formally associated with the reorganised Irish Republican Army in the same fashion as it had with the IRB. Joseph McGarity continued to provide support and aid to the IRA after it was outlawed in Ireland by Eamon de Valera in 1936, but became less active in the 1940s and 1950s following Joseph McGarity's death in 1940. However, the organisation grew in the 1970s. The organisation played a key part in NORAID and was a prominent source of finance and weapons for the provisional IRA during the Troubles in Northern Ireland from 1969 to 1998. The Clan na still exists today, much changed from the days of the Catalpa rescue, and as recently as 1997, 
another internal split occurred with the IRA shift away from using physical force as a result of the 1998 Good Friday peace agreement. The Irish, through their evolution and dominance by England for 800 years, had at different times sought help from the Spanish, the French, and now the Irish Americans and Germans. Irish soldiers had fought in Europe, South Africa, America, and even further afield. Paul Hurley, writing in the Irish Times in 2007, in his article entitled An Irishman's Diary, tells the following story. The first wild geese, about 16,000 Irish soldiers, sailed for France in 1691, under the terms of the Treaty of Limerick, after their defeat at the battles of the Boyne and Ockram. About 120,000 more followed them during the next 40 years, and their numbers soon swelled into such an exodus that in the 18th century nearly 450,000 Irish soldiers fought for France alone. Thousands more joined other European armies, some of them serving as far away as Mexico and India, where Count Thomas Lally, hero of Fontenay, commanded the French forces. Three men named Lacy led armies of three countries, General Francis Lacy in Austria, General William Lacy in Spain, and Marshal Peter Lacy in Russia. But perhaps the greatest of all the wild geese is hardly known at all at home, though highly honoured in Austria. Count Marshal Maximilian von Braun died while commanding the Austrian army in the Battle of Prague, the Czech capital, 250 years ago, on the 26th of June, 1757. His father, Ulysses Brown, and his mother, Annabella Fitzgerald, were both from Limerick. Ulysses, the eldest of eight brothers, and George, another, first served in a regiment of 1,800 Irishmen in the French army, before they transferred en masse to the service of Austria. The more Irish in the Austrian army, the better, said the Austrian Emperor Franz Stephan. A century later, there was another Irish marshal in the Austrian army, Andrew O'Reilly from County Westmeath, who fought at Austerlitz in 1805 and later became governor of Vienna. Maximilian, Ulysses' only son, was born in Baal, Switzerland in 1705, but was sent to Limerick to be educated. At 11, he was brought back and enrolled in the Austrian Military Academy in Hungary, where his uncle George was on the staff. Soon after graduating, he married Maria von Martinetz, daughter of the Austrian Viceroy of Sicily, when both were 19 years old. They had two sons, Philip and Joseph. A great deal is known about Maximilian's military career, but little of his private life. There is only one biography of him in English, The Wild Goose and the Eagle, written over 40 years ago by Dr. Christopher Duffy, former professor of military history at Sandhurst, Britain's military academy. Following his father into the Austrian army, Maximilian was a major general at the age of 30 and a full general at 40. He fought in many parts of Europe, east and west, starting in 1735 in Austria's war against France, Spain and Italy. Four years later he was fighting the Turks in Hungary and the following year against the Prussians in Poland. He fought the French on the Danube and the Rhine 
1743, and against the Spaniards in Italy a year later. In 1746, he drove both the French and the Spaniards from northern Italy and invaded southern France. The military historian Major O'Cahill, another of the wild geese, writing in Vienna in 1785, described von Braun, he was tall and lean, accustomed to hardship and sharing the lot of his soldiers. He had a profound knowledge of them. He was a lovable companion, a staunch friend, and practiced his Catholic religion with his whole heart. He loved the Austrian army he commanded. He spoke English with a brogue. Marshal von Braun's last campaign was during the Seven Years' War. In a drawn battle at Lubitz on the River Elbe, he outwitted King Frederick the Great of Prussia, who was regarded by Napoleon as one of the greatest generals of all time. The Irish Marshal's test victory was in the battle fought in June 1757 at Prague, where he was seriously wounded. He was taken to the nearby home of Prince Mansfield, another of the wild geese. His wife was sent for, and was with him when he died on the 26th of June 1757. He was buried under a marble monument in Prague's Capuchin Church. His son Joseph also died from wounds received in battle in 1759, while his other son Philip died in retirement as a general in 1803. Having no children, he was the last of the Austrian Browns from Limerick. Dr. Christopher Duffy, the Marshal's biographer, wrote of him, one of the finest soldiers in the Austrian Imperial Army, Maximilian von Braun, was clearly in advance of his contemporaries, in the speed and boldness with which he could move his men, and still more in his enlightened notions of leadership. No commander of the time so fully deserved the love and trust of his men.